Hey, what's going on, Wayne? Hey, what's up, buddy? It's doing that again, too. I can't actually see who's in here. I just see two people in here, but I don't see your icon or mine. Interesting. Doesn't really matter. What's up, man? What's up, guys? All right, all right. Just waiting on Paula. Hey, so do you include all the talking that we do? Include this, like, yeah, I do. Part where we work or yep. wait for people? Yep. I mean, honestly, it's not even that long anyway of a transition. I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a good trade-off, honestly. What's up, Paul? Yep. I remember Joe when he tried to edit it last time; it didn't allow him to publish it. So. Yeah, it was an yeah. issue. Yeah. So about yeah, that. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm glad we're here today. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we're supposed to podcast like yesterday. I got knocked out sleep. Yeah, yesterday I was a uh, was a long day. Um, you know, I was uh supposed to go out and uh, go to this event, and it was basically supposed to be a money event. I talked to tons of people and signed them up like I normally do, but man, it was raining. It was just bad weather, and you know the uh, event coordinators ended up shutting down early, so it wasn't uh, all that exciting. But uh, I mean, it was a good time. But uh, yeah, I was just, I was just exhausted, just trying to uh, overdo it. You know what I mean? Anyway, how was y'all's weekend or week so far? Go ahead, Adam. Everything is good for me. Um, very relaxing weekend. Got some good stuff done. It used to be, uh, all the miles, or it's not milestones anymore. Whatever you want to call them, daily and weekly. Pretty much all done, so just kind of waiting for the next set of stuff to level up. Well, what'd you what'd you uh, cook for dinner? You say you ate. What'd you eat? I'm hungry. <laughs> I had a uh, I grilled lemon pepper chicken, and then I had wild rice and peas and carrots. Well, that sounds so good. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, because I got some. Uh, is it? I have a, like um, I have some food from this uh, from this old uh, subscription company called Hello Fresh, where they actually deliver uh, fresh food to you and all the ingredients and how to make the meal. Um, I actually got my package about a week ago when Forsaken came out, and uh, I'm supposed to get my second one. So I got like a uh, a chicken leg, you know, dinner, and then there's also like a pork tenderloin dinner. And I'm excited. I got to get back in the kitchen. I'm super lazy. How about you, Paul? How was your week slash weekend? Uh, it was good. A lot of grinding. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that soon. What about you? Uh, what about, what's up, Joe? Anything new going on with you in your life besides Destiny? Uh, I mean, I got really intoxicated on Friday night, so I've just been, like, recovering for the last, like, 48 hours. But uh, just working on stuff around the house, really, just kind of catching up. I've been doing a lot of travel lately, so just got back from San Diego on Wednesday. So, Have you actually ever been drunk in the party with us? Um, I don't think so. No? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Well, I'm Next glad weekend. you're here. Next uh, we're going to start it. this episode. Oh, my fault. My fault, Joe. Go ahead. He said next weekend he'll be drunk in here. Oh, okay. My fault. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, what's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Orbs for Days Clan podcast. It's your boy, Wayne, 011193, as your host. We got our usual co-hosts, Grimbones, Joe, uh, Superflop and I, Paul, and uh, my man, Navy man, Adam. Another good day. We're going to talk about some destiny, everybody. Going to have a good time. So, yeah, we got a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. I won't even say a lot. This podcast ain't going to be that long. I'm trying to actually, uh, you know, keep this podcast between, like, you know, 45 minutes to an hour tops. I mean, those two-hour podcasts can be draining. But, yeah, we got some topics at hand. We're going to talk about, you know, the new sandbox changes, just the small sandbox changes that was implemented when Forsaken came out. Uh, weekly, daily, 
uh, challenges and what days they actually do reset. And we're just going to talk about our experiences with the new DLC that came out, Forsaken. So it's kind of dope. Uh, yeah, but uh, we can just dig right into it, like right away. So we're going to talk about the new sandbox changes, like really quickly, uh, really small. I didn't even know this was a thing, to be honest. So for in, in a general sense, uh, the year one Sony exclusive exotics and legendary rewards are now available on all platforms. Um, I didn't even know that at the time. I kind of forgot. So yeah, we, you could, if, you're on, if you're on Xbox, you could definitely play. Uh, the PlayStation exclusive uh, maps and use the weapons. And it's nice. And, you know, it actually didn't seem that bad. A year went by kind of quick. Um, so for the exotic weapons, they for the Risk Runner, they increased inventory size. That's good because that's a submachine gun, not gun freaking shreds. Uh, Whisper of the Worm, they replaced armor-piercing rounds with accurized rounds to prevent accidental perk failures for White Nail. Uh, you guys have anything to say about that or anything? Probably not. Okay. No, no, I didn't. I didn't know they were changing those, but that would make sense. So they're saying that the armor-piercing rounds are what were affecting the white nail perk. Is that a question? That's a question. Hey, I think I guess so. It says replace armor-piercing rounds with accurized rounds to prevent accidental perk failures for white nail. So yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I don't use the gun enough to even really notice. Me behind it, so I like didn't proc as a crit. I mean, to be honest, I never even used the gun enough to even really notice anything. Um, I would assume you guys know. I figured we could do it like this. Issues with it not procking sometimes, but I had no idea why. I figured, uh, actually, no, well, screw that. I haven't noticed anything myself, so yeah, every time I've used it, it's worked exactly. No, right. I, I've definitely ran into the issue before. Um, I just wasn't sure. Like, there's so many times I know I hit three crit shots and I didn't get it. And then I've also had issues where I know I didn't get three crit shots and I got it. So it was kind of like very, you know, weird. But I didn't. I just assumed it was destiny. And I always accepted that. All but, right, so we're, we're going to move on to other things that they changed as well. Um, so when it came to perks, they increased the blast radius penalty for concussion and blinding grenades from single shot grenade launchers. So they're, they're hey, going to be even I more. I didn't hear you at all. Adam, stop talking because you're not even making sense or you're cutting out. Good, Adam, I didn't hear you. There's a really weird echo right from you. I hear it too. I mean, I just let it ride. Missing when I hear the podcast. It's really what is it? Up. What do you guys have in your hand? Yeah, he says there's an echo on my end. Um, I mean, I think I can slightly hear it, but I think it's been like that for a while anyway. It's gone now. Yeah, I don't hear anything, but uh, I'm uh, I'm just uh, working on some stuff outside, so maybe a sec, just FYI. Okay. okay. Yeah, I just did a chemical chemical peel on some uh, metal barrels to remove rust, so I need to like get them out of the rain really quick. Okay, do you think? Um, so we're going to talk about abilities, uh, really short and sweet. Uh, the hunters, uh, for the golden gun, they increased golden gun damage against base and elite enemies, which I'm kind of glad they did because man, uh, golden gun felt kind of useless, but I do like the fact that, you know, they introduced in destiny Two where if you get crit shots with a three shot golden gun, um, you're rewarded with orbs of life, even if you don't kill them. So I think that's awesome. And they're also increasing the damage too. So that's just a win-win, right? 
Um, for Titan Magnetic Grenades, grenades should now detonate a second time, even if the initial detonation kills the target. Um, I guess that's cool too. I don't really use the Magnetic Grenades on the uh, Sentinel. Uh, I never really pay attention, but I, that's also good too. I feel like maybe I've noticed that maybe like once or twice, uh, like, you know, seeing an opposing Titan toss a grenade at me, but uh, yeah. All right, so the next thing we're going to talk about is challenges and resets. Um, this is like some, uh, I guess, some confusion going on. But uh, some people don't know. The event you talked about a while ago that they're going to have, like, you know, resets, uh, like, every four days now. And uh, I guess they're not specifying, or at least I'm now understanding that uh, they have two different kind of resets. So for for the uh, the release of Destiny 2, Forsaken Challenges become, like, a new avenue for players to acquire new proper rewards there are like two types of challenges daily and weekly and now these types kind of behave a bit differently when it comes to resets and but the, so the weekly challenges they stay the same they follow the weekly reset uh, each Tuesday at 10 a.m pacific standard time uh, daily challenges on the other hand offer unique challenges each day and they reset every four days so here's some examples uh like for example the first daily strike challenge was offered on tuesday september 4th so the next daily strike challenge will arrive with a reset on Saturday, September 8th. Another one with Gambit, the first daily Gambit challenge was offered on Wednesday, September 5th. So the next daily Gambit challenge will arrive with a reset on Sunday, September 9th. However, players will retain daily challenges until they're completed, so that's cool. Um, if a player uh, completes the daily strike challenge on Friday, September 7th, the challenge will be offered once more on Saturday, September 8th. So I think that's pretty convenient. Uh, if a player does not complete the daily strike challenge by Saturday, September 8th, they will not receive a duplicate challenge. Instead, the challenge will be set and progress will be clear. So that's cool. So just to, just to keep it simple, uh, weekly resets are still the same in terms of the objectives that, you know, reset on a weekly basis. They still remain the same like they always have. But when it comes to the daily, they always reset every four days, depending upon what activity. Like I just said, I just gave some examples for Gambit, Heroic Strikes, etc. Um, so, here's the meat and potatoes. This is all we're going to really much talk about for the end of the podcast, other than Q&A. So, we're going to talk about our experiences in the new DLC. So, Paul, why don't you take it away first? Um, so, yeah. I don't know if you're able to mute yourself. One of you guys is. The echo is kind of bad. But, so, with the uh, new DLC, I know that there are definitely going to change as far as um, replayability, uh, not even to mention that the story itself, I mean, is ridiculously better than what we had with the Red War. I mean, the Red War, Osiris DLC was pretty bad. Um, and then we had, what's it called? Um, Warmind. Warmind, yeah. And the Warmind was really good, but Destiny, well, I mean, you know, Zol was kind of disappointing. But Destiny itself wasn't there yet because of all the changes that still needed to be made. So we started seeing, you know, the Warmind getting better. Um, then, you know, we have the Whisper of the Worm and we have Summer of the Solstice of Heroes. And then now we have this. And this is like Destiny 1 style where we have our weapon loadouts are correct. Um, you know, supers are feeling super, a little too super sometimes, but I can live with that if that's, if that's the trade off. Um, and then, you know, and then they throw out new things like Gambit, which I've been having a ton of fun playing Gambit, like win or lose. I mean, it's kind of annoying losing with some of the teammates that you get paired up with, but (laughs) it is so much more fun than just regular PVP. 
or regular PVE. I mean, and the weapons and load or the weapons and you know um, armor sets that we get from it are like actually worth it. So there's like an incentive to play. But I don't know. I've just been having a lot of fun. I've been grinding. I've been trying to get you know my light up for the raid, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know what what I need to do to get powerful gear. I've been kind of having some issues with that. Uh, some of my milestones have been kind of cheesing me, but you know, I'm having fun. I haven't stopped playing and I'm not bored yet. So that's always a positive. Oh, also I forgot to mention uh, for those that are listening, uh, like I said, I apologize if there is some kind of echo or anything like that. Um, as the podcast progress, we'll get, you know, it'll get better in terms of audio and quality, but um, there is uh spoilers going to be spoilers being here. I, I'm just that kind of guy. I mean, we don't really have a lot of listeners, but for those of you that actually do listen, um, there's going to be some spoilers here regarding the story and all the mechanics, et cetera, maybe. Um, so if you don't want to listen to the podcast, now is the time to leave. Okay. Anything else you want to add, Paul? No, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. For- all right, Joe, what about you? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and throw in that this is probably the best, best destiny so far. Like, there was a lot of stuff I liked about Destiny 1, but for some reason, this one just got my attention. I'm, like, all over it. I love the storyline. Um, I'm super glad that Prince Aldrin's dead, and we shot him in the face, because I've been wanting to shoot that dude in the face ever since I met that guy. Um, but, yeah, I think they just got it right. There's so much stuff to do now. So much stuff. Like, my, my bounty thing, my pursuits are just, like, it's just full. Like, there's, like, no end to, like, I'm, I'm not bored with it either. Like, there's benefits to doing, like, all the stuff. And the Triumph book is awesome that I can just track all the stuff. A uh, couple couple things with that. Uh, I think some of the stuff's just not unlocking when it should, but I, I'm not even mad about that. Um, the, the Tangled Shore, I know I'm going to be hanging out there a lot. The Dreaming City, I'm sure, same thing. It's nice that uh, we got two different places to go hang out at as opposed to, like, one with uh, these previous contents, but I definitely think they, uh, they pulled it off in this one that they needed to, the, the things that they needed to fix and uh, what they needed to keep, keep us going. Yeah, true. Yeah. I agree with you on that. What's up, Adam? What, what, what else, what else you got, man? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I just kind of completely echo what they were saying, but the uh, random roles to me was by far the best thing that they could have done. It is so much more rewarding where now, you don't have to worry about, oh, I ha- I've had that weapon a thousand times. So just every time you see it, you delete it because the weapon you get may be a different role or it's going most likely it's going to be a different role. I have gotten at least one or two that have been the same, but uh, it's no longer just about light. It's no longer, oh, it's not even higher, just immediate delete. You know, we were like, there were just so many times before this that it was just everything you would ever get was just an automatic delete. Um, one of the reasons why I have almost 7,000 legendary shards is because you just so many things you're just mass deleting. But now, you know, you have to actually look at each one. And so there's a lot of more strategy involved in, you know, choosing weapons and armor based on what type of event you're going to do. So there's different loadouts, you know, for if you're doing, you know, PVE type events or PVP and what you want. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it makes it a lot of fun where there's even times where I'm not actually, I mean, I'm in the game, but I'm not, you know, actively fighting or doing anything where you're just, you know, looking through and organizing and figuring out what type of loadout you want for different things. Um, you know, especially since, you know, I don't always use a special weapon. So then things with like special weapon, you know, finder and special weapon loaders may or may not be 
the armor or whatever that I want. So it's, it's a lot of fun just kind of going through everything and seeing all the different stuff. And just aesthetically, I mean, they actually did a really good job with all the armor. I am very happy with the way the armor looks. And, you know, before this, I think most of the armor looked like crap uh, with, with a few exceptions. But I think they've done a really good job just aesthetically and just the, uh, the replayability and gameplay. Um, there's always something to do, always something to get. And so it doesn't get boring. Yeah. Yeah, I concur. Like, honestly, I'm kind of echoing what everything everything you guys are saying. Like, when I first played the story, well, first off, you guys pretty much know I'm very easily satisfied, um, very easily pleased with this game for the most part. Um, not really that bored easily, but um, there's a lot of things to do, but there's also more quality things to do as well. So when Destiny 2 first came out, there was plenty of stuff to do, but there was very little to no incentive to actually do them once you completed said task. You know what I'm saying? Uh, replayability was really low, but um, yeah, no, we have a lot of things to do and a lot of things that actually has some depth to it and some quality things to grind for. So a lot of things to grind for and this quality attached to it. And when I first started playing the game, I mean, like, uh, I was just so excited. I mean, like, I'm kind of glad Adam wasn't with me because he probably would have talked during the cutscenes most of the time. Just kidding. Um, but uh, <laughs> I really did enjoy it uh, for the most part. Honestly, I've Honestly, I don't think I really didn't have anything I dislike about it. Uh, not, not off the top of my head, but uh, the story was awesome. You know, the campaign was good. Uh, it, the campaign left with, left me with more questions, more more asking questions than actually answers. Um, I just listened to uh, a lore video and uh, kind of explained a little bit more of why Aldrin was the way he was, and when we from what we can see, he was uh, actually uh, being. So, spoiler alert, I mean, I'm just going to say it. Um, from what I see here and from the, and from the lore and from also what, the, you know, the, uh, what the lore master said, uh, Prince Aldrin was being coerced. Uh, he was, uh, he's corrupted by, you know, he's by the Taken, you know, he's by the darkness, right? And what was also influencing him was a, 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 a Hamkara named Riven or Risen or something like that, Riven. Turns out this Riven character, this Ahamkara, was taken by Sabathun. So Sabathun is pulling a whole lot of strings. So it's, I think it's, I think it's kind of silly for me to not think that we're going to be facing a taken Ahamkara in the raid. So that's very interesting. You know, there's a lot of references to Wish Dragons. And when you played the storyline over and over, because uh, Prince Aldrin was having these hallucinations of his sister constantly talking to him and kind of like coercing him to do X, Y, Z. And, you know, there was something that popped up, you know, uh, in, in, in the form of uh, Marasov, you know, uh, she said, free me, oh, brother mine. And that automatically, uh, that's how when people are under the influence of Ahamkara, they talk like that. You know, oh, oh, brother mine, oh, keeper mine, oh, anything, anything, oh, mine. There's a cadence to it. So I automatically knew, you know, this was uh, definitely influenced by an Ahamkara. But the, the fact that this Ahamkara dragon was influenced by Sabathun because it was taken, I'm like, wow. So there's going to be an even bigger part to play because I don't know if y'all remember, but there was, um, so when we finally wake the traveler, you guys remember when the light, you know, appears or touches certain areas, you know, like at first it touched, uh, you know, the Mercury. Then after that, it touched Mars. 
and then it touched the reef, which we're here now. And then it touched Saturn, where the dreadnought was. So we pretty much know that, you know, Sabathun is going to be next, uh, or something of Sabathun. I believe we're going to get hints of our Sabathun. But uh, storyline aside, uh, the cutscenes are amazing. Uh, the, the, you know, I know I'm talking a little winded here, and we'll ask more questions, but um, I loved everything. You know, the, 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 I love the bows. Oh, the bows are so sexy. I love the bows. Paul and I actually had an interesting conversation last night. We can glad to bring that up. Um, actually, Paul, why don't you, why don't you talk, why don't you uh, discuss your perspective or say, tell your perspective on bows and I'll rebuttal with that. Okay. So when we were, uh, you know, doing some PVP last night and then we started doing some tests with the bows after I kind of brought this up. But when you look at it, the bow, which I don't have an issue with in general, a bow being in the game, I think it's a cool concept. Um, I like using them. However, they're technically able to two-shot as a primary weapon. Um, and you have to think, like, the what we discovered was the aim assist is way higher with the bow. Like, you don't even have to actually aim at them because I would aim off Wayne and I was still able to get headshots on him for, like, crit damage, like, a lot. Um, but I brought it up that the flinch is reduced when using a bow. And not only that, the ammo, when you don't need to use, when it's like a two-tap versus a three-tap, I felt that it should have either A, damage be reduced, or B, become more of like a special weapon. Um, because you're almost doing like either make it so that it can one-shot kill with a headshot and put it in the same class as a sniper, which I guess I could see that being, or make it on par with scouts that, why should you be able to two tap a bow with a bow, but you have to three tap with a scout that you can technically, I mean, that's a gun, you know? So that was like my perspective on that. Yeah. So uh, I obviously disagree with him wholeheartedly for the, for the most part, honestly, I, uh, you know, I think the bows are in a good place. Um, I did hear what he was saying. Definitely. I heard what you're saying about that. I just, I think the reason why that I think it deserved to be a two-tap is because, I mean, granted, I'm not saying it takes a lot of skill to actually use a bow, but tactically speaking, it makes more sense to use a gun rather than a bow, you know, because it's, uh, you can, uh, it's a lot faster to aim down sights and get ready and just be more tactical with a weapon, you know, for the most part. But that's false. It's not. I have I mean, snapshots. I think so. I think so. Because you can, think of it like this, dude. Like, if someone's coming around the corner, I mean, all you got to do is just reload and get ready. I mean, depending upon what you use, but with a bow, I mean, you have to anticipate. And I don't know. I mean, you got to anticipate it regardless. But I think it's more tactically sound to use a gun than use a bow for, for most encounters. Um, I mean, but that's not actually, like, a valid point because that's not true. You're saying that it takes more time, but it physically doesn't. Like, the game allows you to ready a bow at the same speed you could ready a weapon. And with the exotics, you can actually hold the bow. Like, there's things that have reduced draw time as well as you don't ever have to fire. You can just hold it. But I'm talking about, like, I'm, I'm, well, I'm talking, in, order if you want, in, order for, in order for the bow to be effective, you actually do have to, uh, uh, pull, you know, pull the bow back and hold the trigger down to make sure that the bow is pulled back if you want maximum efficiency and damage. So, I mean, like, I think it's in, I think it's in a good place. I mean, because uh, you know, I I, I don't think um, uh, 
I mean, granted, there's aim assist, but I don't think I, – I think it's a lot easier to kill with a gun than with a bow. And we, we tested the flinch. You and I both tested it. I mean, yeah, the bow does flinch. I, I believe we tested it with the Mita. With the Mita, it barely flinches. I know that for sure. There may be some other weapons I do not, but – but the but for the most part, you know, we tested it. The bow does flinch. You know what I mean? It like, flinched. It flinched with a sniper, though. So that's what I'm saying. Like the bow is basically an overpowered primary. It also flinched with a hand cannon too, though. You you use everything. You well, you use what I use a lot of other things, or but you used a hand cannon too, sniper. Only thing I noticed that I didn't really budge on was when you, with scout you, rifles. Well, I mean, so, was it just the Mita or was it just scout rifles in general? Scout rifles in general. Okay. All, any, anything that I pulled out. That wasn't the ace of spades okay. or a sniper, wasn't flinching. Are you sure about that? Because as soon as you put out the scout, I, I are you sure? Because I mean, when you put out the scout, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't see a difference. I mean, but like, no. but case in point, positive. I mean, like, I, I just don't think they shouldn't be a one shot. You know what I mean? I, I mean, like I said, I'm saying that because I think it, it actually takes little more quote unquote skill to get headshots with a bow and arrow. Granted, yes, That's we were taking our false. time. Dude, dude, this is it. I don't want to waste too much time on the podcast with this because I think you're absolutely wrong. When I took a video proving that I literally was aiming like a guardian distance past you and still one shot like hitting you right in the head. I mean, I'm no I'm, I'm saying I know there's more with a, with a, and with a, a, I, I understand what you're talking about. I understand what you're talking about with the hitboxes and the uh, aim assist, yeah. But I'm saying, like, in the heat of the battle, I'm, I mean, I know because I partly suck, but I miss a lot of arrows sometimes. You know, when especially if I'm aiming for the head. You know, what I'm saying, like, so in the heat of the heat of the battle, and they say this all sounds good. You know, when we're like practicing it, like in slow motion or like moving this, moving that. But like in practice, I mean, like, it just doesn't seem like to be the case to me. Like for the for the most part, I'm, I'm getting gunned down like every time. Like. For example, when I play Gambit, I'm having a bow, whether I'm going in or I'm, like, you know, getting ready for an invader. Granted, it's probably because I suck partly, but I feel like you're way better off with the gun for the most part. I think almost in any encounter. I mean, that's just my stance on it. Adam, what do you think on bows? I mean, I've only ever gotten the uh, original one, so I haven't used them as much. But I've definitely known that, yeah, in PvP, there's times where – it may be a two shot on its own, but as long as there's a slight amount of damage that you received, it's a one shot. So I mean, you have people in the back just hanging back with bows and waiting for like a person to get shot once, and they're just like, "Oh, you're mine!" Like, "Oh, you're mine!" And it's kind of annoying. I just don't think it should be brought down though, because I mean, they already increased the time to kill, and the last thing they need to do is nerf it. Like, I think, I mean, like for example, that Ace of Spades was like freaking killing me quick. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm on Paul's side with this. I think they. The only reason I think they did that is because they almost want to force players to use it. It's one of those, it's this new thing, and they're afraid that everyone's going to hate it, and so no one's going to use it, so they made it, like, overpowered. Where, you know, I don't like bows that much. Like, yeah, they're cool, they're novel, but, like, like they were saying, we're using guns, and I'm like, you know, what kind of voodoo magical arrow is this that you can, you know, shot someone with uh, that but a hand cannon or a scout or a pulse like any of these it takes you know a lot to kill them i mean and i can't primary ammo you shouldn't be able to have primary or or special ammo with it it should be a heavy if they're gonna make it like that i mean think of it like this though i would not make the bow a heavy weapon i'm just saying if you think about it wayne and you were one of the people that complained about a graviton lance yep the bow is more broken than graviton lance 100 percent 
I don't think he so. could. I'm saying that because One. I'm thinking of it in terms of this. I, I look, I'm not saying that the graviton lance is broken because of the damage. I didn't even read the perks to be honest with you. I didn't even know. Like, I, I had an issue with graviton at first uh, for the for the longest time, uh, and I was just mad at it. But I didn't even read the perk. Apparently, there's no damage fall off when it comes to the second shot. Like, there's zero. So it's basically a scout, to be honest with you. But well, there's no damage fall off with the bow. It's a hit scan. Yeah, I, I understand that, and I, I mean. I mean, I think there is – actually, I think there is some damage fall-off with the bow, isn't there? I mean, you can't – actually, there is some damage fall-off. There is because uh, – I, I mean, like, it's, you won't get the same damage, you know, shooting further away. There is some damage fall-off. That's ridiculous. Yeah, there is. I mean, look. There's no damage fall-off or dis- – it's how far you shoot based on your drawback. Oh, look, case in point, I mean, like I said – well, well you, you say you brought up – you say you brought up the graviton. You're comparing, you're comparing the graviton lance to the bus. You I'm just saying uh, we compl- everybody, not just me, complained about the graviton lance for the fact that it wasn't a balanced primary in regards to other primaries. The bow is not a balanced primary in regards to other primaries. That's what I said. So you either need to nerf it and make it a normal primary or – you need to make it so that it takes special ammo and is the same with other specials. I just think it's too early to tell, man. The game, the DLC just came out. I think it's too early to tell, to be honest with you. I mean, I like it. I mean, granted, I get killed with it, but I mean, like, I don't know. I don't still find it that annoying, bro. I, don't it. I mean, that's just me. What about, what about you, uh, Joe? What's, what's your perspective on the boat? Um, so, I mean, so I've got, like, Subtle Calamity, and I've got Dragonfly on it. And I also got explosive hits. Um, it's not something that I would use like close up, but I could see what the guys are saying about like you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to promote this new thing and then not have it like easy to use. So I definitely think it's going to get nerfed just for the whole headshot basis. But even if it doesn't, or if it does, like I don't I don't feel like it's an impossible thing to fight against because I've been playing PvP like crazy since this, this new content came out and. I don't. I honestly don't find bows a threat. If I'm perfectly honest, it's. Not, I think I'm it's not cool. I, I think it's a cool gimmick. I I'm not afraid of bows at all. I'm not afraid of Ace of Spades either. Like I've been killed by both, but like I can I could still navigate my way around either of them. So I don't feel like they're overpowered. I think they're a cool gimmick, but it's whatever. My whole thing is too like, if I want to use a sniper, I'm limited to two special ammo shots, and if I kill somebody. Across the map, my two shots. I am now out of special ammo because right. I have a distant weapon. But a bow that could do the same thing. Like most snipers, well, if you don't use an aggressive frame sniper, chances are you're gonna need um, you're gonna need two shots. But now the bow can do the same thing and have a crap ton of ammo. Tell me how. Tell me how that's even fair when you're looking at the ammo economy for special weapons. But a primary is basically outclassing it. I see what you mean now. I, I see what you guys are saying, but again, I'm just like, I don't, I feel like it almost sounds like you guys are getting a little bit more hyped up about bows, and I'm not getting killed by bows. I'm getting killed by other things. Like, it's not. No, I just, no, no, no I see your perspective, Paul. Maybe I just was seeing it differently. And I see what you're talking about now. I totally get it. Um, but yeah, like I said, like, I, or, I, I, or give me more sniper ammo. But the fact, that's what I'm saying. Like, right now, there isn't a balance for a bow because. I even used it a little bit when I did PvP last night uh, after, or this morning, whenever it was that I played. 
and it came down to the fact that why wouldn't I use a bow and my ace of spades? You know what I mean? Like, because now I'm basically rocking a special that I never run out of ammo with, where I can literally hit somebody one time and then shoot them with my hand cannon dead. Same way right. that people used to snipe and then clean up with a hand cannon. But now I'm doing it with a primary that I never run out of, that I always have on me. And it does way more damage. A body shot, I feel like, does more damage. I, I see what you're saying, though. I'm just going to see, like, I, I understand what you're saying completely. And, uh, you know, I, I change my perspective a little bit on, in terms of uh, you're comparing the sniper to the bow and the damage and animal economy. I get what you're saying. Uh, and I more or less hit registration because right. I can snipe you one shot and I might not kill you, but my bow hitting you one time is easier. My first bow shot is easier than me sniping you for the, my first shot. I don't know why, but sniping takes more skill to actually aim where the bow is yeah. just, it's a gimme. So they're giving me my first shot and now I'm doing cleanup kills. So all right. I have to do is practice my bow skills, get good at it, and now I'm basically rocking two OP weapons because Ace of Spades is pretty fucking legit once you get a kill with it. Right. Well, like I so said, now I'm... Oh, go ahead. That's my that I mean that that's my point. Like, sorry, I, I was cleaning up my gambit match, so I was kind of ranting, not making sense. But that was my point last night: is that when we were fighting, you were getting a gimme hit right off the bat, and now I'm near absolute. And I'm trying to gun you down with my ace of spades that still takes at least three shots, well-aimed shots. So, I mean, if you're bobbing and weaving and all you have to do is hit me one more time and I still have to hit you three times, but we're both using primaries, there's just no balance. And with Destiny, we need balance. That's all the player base wants is that a primary is a primary, of energy is an energy, or a, I'm sorry, a special is a special, and a power is a power. I mean, like, I, I, I said, I, Okay. I was just going to say, like last podcast when I kind of complained, I didn't really complain, but the fact that I can't take someone down in a super with two shots of my shotgun, which is all I'm given, it means that I shouldn't be, you know what I mean? I, if that's the balance they want, I'm fine with that. A power weapon can take you out of your super. Energy weapon, you really got to do more to take them down with a super. Um, but a, a primary... I mean, I don't know. Maybe a primary, you shouldn't really be able to take somebody out of their super. I don't know. But I feel like with bows, especially even last night, I mean, I rocked somebody with their super and took them down to absolute with a bow with one shot. And it was like, that. Why this is going to become the meta if it's going to be like that. I mean, we'll, like I said, time will tell. Um, as I said before, like, I, I don't think that's ever going to be the case. I mean, like, I think, I think they're so gimmicky. And, yes, they're good, but I think they're so gimmicky. I think people was just got to, uh, in my opinion, I mean, granted, based off of what we tested, I think people are just going to gravitate to what, they more, what they're comfortable with and what's, I think, a little easier. You know what I mean? And that's graviton or a hand cannon that they may be comfortable with, et cetera. But I, mean, I guess my point is I don't think it's ever going to be a problem um, to the point where, you know, Bungie's going to have to nerf it. And if they do and no one's really complaining about it or it's not like the popular vote, you know, or, or the, you know, I just, I mean, I just think it's absurd. Like I said, I'm still, I, I get what you're saying. I'm just still cool with the bows where they are, you know, because I'm just a selfish son of a gun. So I like how they are, and I hope they stay that way. But uh, for the most part, I mean, like, in terms of balance, I mean, I always say, I mean, I, I think balance is boring. I mean, I mean, it depends on what kind of balance you want. I don't know, like, this game is going to be constantly changing, you know, like, with the new, new, uh, new uh, you know, weapon systems being introduced or, you know, weapons in general, new supers, et cetera. I mean, this game is, you know, I'm sure, you, I'm not saying you're saying this, this game is going to be 
always the same in terms of the battling and the fighting. Uh, but at its core, I, mean, I don't know, man. Like, in terms of balance with specific weapons, I mean, you just keep keep trying it out. But I think right now this is the best it's ever been. I mean, honestly, there's so much variety. I don't think there's really a lot of room to really, like, complain. I'm not saying you are, but I'm just saying for the most part, I I think we just need to give it time, specifically for the bows since I brought it up. But, uh, I mean, I say, give it, like, give it like you know, another week or maybe a month and see if people really are, like, you know, you know with the bows. I think people are going to start using bows because it's something new, but if it's not something that they rock with, despite how good it is, they may not use it no matter what. You know what I'm saying? But again, if it becomes the new meta, you guarantee that. Well, right. I mean, like I said, people are always going to take the path of least resistance or something that's the easiest to use. Um, Which is why the balance thing comes into play. If there is no specific weapon that is easiest to use or the best to use then people will fall back into what they're comfortable with you might have some people using you know hand cannons snipers pulse whatever but i'm seeing but that now though you can't defeat someone with a particular weapon because another one is so ridiculously overpowered then that's all you're ever gonna see uh, i mean right now i think it's a little bit different because everyone's working on the different quests so yeah, i see a lot of hand cannons and shotguns simply because right. everyone wants ace of spades and everyone wants chaperone right. but once all that stuff kind of you know fading away because everyone's gotten all that stuff we may see bows being the number one thing because like they were saying and even if you don't want to use a bow twice because it takes a while you get that first shot and then switch over to a you know sidearm or a hand cannon or whatever and then pop them once right i mean like but i think that makes sense i mean i get what you're saying i I understand uh, it's like what people used to do in uh, D1 where they had the last word in um, a sniper. Right. All they would do, they weren't even worried about a freaking headshot. They were worried about a, getting one body on them and then pulling out that last word and then finishing them off with one one or two shots. Right. That's what a bow is going to be. Freaking hit them once, get them down to absolute, and then you pop them one or two more times and it's a wrap. It just might be. <laughs> I did that to Paul last night. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I mean, I hear you. I mean, like I said, I just don't think that's a problem. I mean... I, I definitely get your point now, Paul, regarding, you know, uh, why would you use a sniper over a bow? Especially, you know, if snipers are mainly used in the, if they require special ammo, and you only give me two shots if I die, but bows. And then, I understand what you're saying completely. You kind of open up my eyes a little bit on that. Oh, okay, I get it. But still, I just don't care. Like, I don't. I think it's just going to be what it is. I mean, I don't know. Like 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 I said, here in a moment, it's just, it's just a completely different, different, different monkey. Anyway, uh, I mean, you know, I, we don't just have to talk about bows, but uh, like, like I said, overall, like, you know, our, my experience, like I said before, y'all, is just, I, I'm loving it. You know, I'm not even complaining. I think it's uh, really dope. I mean, like bows, you know, I freaking love the bows now because it's something new and different. Uh, it feels good. Um, I don't know. I like, I'm starting to, you know, try different things now. I'm trying more uh, sidearms now you know, with new guns coming out, see how they feel. You know, I'm, I'm liking a new sidearm. I think it's called. Uh, actually, I'm in my menu right now. It's from the. It's called Smuggler Smuggler's Word. It's actually a, a two burst sidearm. It's yeah, still, it's nice. It feels really good. Like it feels way better than those last hopes and the other ones. It feels way better. Um, yeah, dude. Like I just think there's so much variety. I don't know, man. I think I think this Destiny's in the best place it's ever been. Honestly, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I think also regarding the bar- oh yeah, speaking of uh, the barons though. Uh, this is the first time uh, I think we had an, uh, an antagonist uh, that actually. Uh, uh, oh, you know what? I take it back. 
um, first of all, I want to say with all, with all the Barons, you know, us meeting them, you know, personally and fighting them, they had their own little personality and what they said. And that, that, it was really cool. I like that. But what I really like, what I think Bungie should keep doing when it comes to a new expansion and letting us meet the new uh, antagonist was if you guys remember when Spider introduced the Barons to us on a like somewhat of a grimoire card thing where they would just list them off and say, oh, this is so-and-so. He's well, I mean, we do that every time we go to war with a new faction in real life. Well, yeah. I mean, but I, I would like that with every new expansion, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know what I'm saying. And terrorist thought, cards. Terrorist cards, yeah. I, but, I, no, honestly, I really thought that was a good idea. I think I need to keep doing that. It made, it made you feel like it was, it was – like, it, it felt more of a proper uh, debriefing, you know what I mean, instead of, like, you being on the comms and they're just, like, telling you everything you need to know. And for the most part, I mean, I don't think people are really paying attention unless, like, something sticks out, but – yeah, man. I mean, all the weapons are good. I mean, for the most part, every single weapon I want to explore. I still don't like snipers. I just don't care. I think maybe they need to, I don't know, I just, I kind of just stepped away from snipers. Since, since, there's, since there's much more variety, um, I mean, I don't know if snipers need more aim assist or more damage. I, I have no clue, honestly. I mean, do y'all, who uses snipers anyway in here? I know, Paul, you do, don't you? I would if they were, you know, a valuable option. What about PVE though? Uh, PVE, yeah. Sometimes I pair it as like my power weapon if I'm going to use like the big worm. But um, I use mine a little bit. I, I don't like it. I thought I liked it because of the rolls, but the sniper. It's I don't know. The snipers in D two aren't as good as they were in Destiny one. Like Destiny one, you could have like a good sniper, um, adaptive frame type sniper like the LDR, um, the longbow that did good damage, but they also had good range and, you know, you can get good rolls and stability scopes. Now I feel like you get one thing or you get the other. Like you just, I don't know. I feel like you just don't get the same results. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm trying to think what else. Um, I freaking love spider. Uh, he's a kind of a creepy dude. <laughs> Spider's a creepy dude. Uh, for, the, for those of us listeners uh, that, that don't know what I'm talking about, spider is a new, NPC uh, that was introduced uh, in Forsaken. He's like one of the NPCs in the uh, Tangled Shores, one of the new locations. Um, he's kind of a warlord kind of guy, but uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoy him. He's a little creepy, but uh, I, I like him. Gambit's actually, uh, he's pretty good. We got Gambit. Oh, yeah, so Gambit is a lot of fun. Um, I'm, we're working hard on the I am specifically, at least um, working hard trying to get this new Malfeasance gun. I haven't even actually gotten any exotic drops, like, not any new ones. Not yet, and not even from. I've only gotten Lord of Wolves. Yeah, I think. Yeah, the one I mask. One I mask. Yeah, what Paul got the. What now? Oh, I got the two-tailed fox for new exotics. Oh, nice, dude. Yeah, I didn't even get anything yet, so I'm still excited, and I think now even engrams uh, start to decrypt. Do we even have like a screen? I don't think. Like, do you know that one screen on our inventory where we have? We hold like X amount of engrams, like where we're doing strikes and stuff. Actually, that's still a thing. But I believe some engrams actually just decrypt on the spot. I think that also adds an element of like surprise and anticipation and excitement uh, to the drops. So I think that's pretty dope too. Yeah, I like that. I like that you can get the prime engram still for like a little bit of mystery. I get stoked every time I see that. I get them them in my mailbox too. Like I didn't even know I got some the other day. Yeah, dude. Yeah, straight up. Oh, man. I'm super excited about that. 
man. Well, Adam, you got anything else you want to add, man? We always talk about this stuff all the time. I know this is weird because it's a podcast and we're recording, but I mean, you always got something to add, you know, with something you don't or do like in the game. I mean, overall, I love the game. The only, again, the only downside I think that we have, again, it's, uh, it's about the blind well. So the blind well is awesome, but it has the same issue that Archon's Forge had and every other thing else had that you can only go in. Okay. Bye, Adam. Yep. That's what you get for talking smack about stuck at that well. well. (laughs) I'm assuming, I think his point was, there's no, like, matchmaking and those kind of things where you got to get your buddies to help you out, which is nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, I think if you're going solo and all your friends are at work or they got other plans, I think it's nice to have, like, a fire team, you know, that you can matchmake into. I think that's what he was trying to say. I mean, I mean, I feel that way to a degree, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I would like to actually go to the blind well and like, hey, let's, uh, I just want to do this and see what it's like. And I just got lucky, and I happened to find some blueberries already activating the event. But, man, I'm freaking blue, you know what I'm saying? No, I, I agree. I think, again, I mean, I, but we can't get too upset yet because we don't really know. Because right now we're all underpowered. So we can't be like, oh, this is stupid. We can't even do it because we have to level up. I mean, if the lowest tier, tier one, is a 530 power requirement, and I mean, a fire team of three can do it. I mean, I'm sure right now us three that are still on this uh, podcast could probably go in there and beat tier one. I mean, if it's challenging, it's challenging, but that's what it's supposed to be, right? Tier two. 540 power requirement so we should all probably be 520 525 to smoothly get through it um and you know we have to synergize make sure our gear has the right mods right loadouts things like that can do we do i think we could do it probably so i don't want to sit there and complain about it yet do we want nine people in there so we can farm it and it's super easy sure that's convenient but that's not really what the game is about so i i think this one seems a little bit more balanced where when Escalation Protocol came out, man, we we couldn't even do the first round with three people, let alone like six people. I mean, there was an issue with that. Yeah, like I wanted something challenging, but yeah, no. Uh, Realistic, obtainable. Yeah, obtainable. Like, yeah, I, I want a challenge, but man, dude, can you like, wow. I mean, you got to do, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's just ridiculous, right? I mean, like. Hello. Hey, welcome back, buddy. Uh, go ahead. You finished your thought, but I think we kind of covered we it. Go ahead. Finish what you were trying to say about the blind <laughs> I don't know well. where to cut out. Where to cut out? Well, I, mean, I don't remember, but correct me if I'm wrong, Adam. Were you, was your point basically that there was no matchmaking within these activities? Well, not necessarily matchmaking, but there's just there's three people. Three people is very hard to do that. Um, and since it's tied to specific weekly bounties, like it's just frustrating that I can't complete some of my bounties you know, because it's, you know, I, I need at least three. And, you know, then we have to get lucky and maybe try to get a, you know, a server that has, you know, a couple randoms in it. So, or if we want to get six, we got to do the same thing that we did with, you know, Escalation Protocol. Try to find a single. But it's even harder than Escalation Protocol because it's not even just open world where you can just spawn in there and, you know, uh, you know, to see if someone's invited. Like someone actually asked to physically go to that area. So it was just annoying that that you know again this is not the first time this has been the that's this has happened, and so I don't know. I mean it is what it is, but um, 
But yeah, then yeah. so that was the, thought. the other thought is I really am looking forward to this raid. Even if we can't beat it this week, I just want to go in there. Uh, I want to see what the baseline is going to be for um, – because they said since everything changes week to week, I want to know what it's like in the very beginning so that way when we go in again, we can kind of see what changes and go around and explore. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to exploring that this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to wrap this up really soon, guys. Uh, we're going to head into the Q&A. Uh, Joe, did you have anything else you want to add about your experience with the Forsaken? Anything? Oh, no, man. I mean, I'm literally playing right now, and I'm looking at everything that I want to do, and I, I don't have enough time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, we weren't kidding, though. Like, there is plenty to do, but yeah. All right, so we're going to head into the Q&A section of this podcast. And, uh, Paul, you got the uh, questions. Right right right. You want me to resend it to you? Uh, I, got, I got three questions. So I got it the way you texted me. Okay. All right, so the first question is from my man, Master Chief. He said, what's your take on the opening week of Forsaken? Pros and cons, general info we could give others. Okay, um, I'd, I'd say for the most part, I think we kind of talked about our, uh, our first take and pros and cons. Um, but in general, just kind of summarize my first week. I mean, definitely exciting. Tangle Shore, uh, the Dreaming City, both uh, destinations are probably great open space areas that they came up with. Um, definitely better. I mean, you look at like Mercury and Mars, and both were, seem kind of small. I feel like the Tangle Shore had a, has a little bit more depth. Uh, as well as the Dreaming City. I mean, we kind of got like two. I know it's supposed to be a bigger DLC, but we got two new places versus just one. So even though they're not huge, like EDZ or Nessus, I think we kind of got lucky. Well, not lucky, but I think we got rewarded for, you know, sticking around with Destiny and Bungie in general. Uh, I've been enjoying it. Uh, As far as the cons, nothing. I mean, there's going to be bugs and tweaks and glitches and all kinds of things that's going to happen, but I don't see anything as like, where I'm going to, you know, tweet at Bungie complaining. So I think everything's going pretty good. Um, general info we could give others. I would say if you're just starting out, uh, at least with Forsaken, going through the Barrens, I would just do your adventures. But before you even do that, try and do, well, I guess you got to get your light up first, but go through all the lost sectors and regional chests on the Tangled Shore because all those blues will get your light level up a lot faster because you got to get to 500. So trying to max out that soft cap early on probably will benefit you with the power engrams that you'll get. Yeah. What he said. I mean, I got nothing to add to that. We kind of went over that in the beginning. So yeah, I reciprocated. Yeah. I just want to add, you know, it's not a popularity contest. I don't know if you guys saw my, uh, my picture of my character on band when I first started playing, you know, I looked like a captain Jack Sparrow mixed with Mad Max, you know, just where, where the high stuff, man. I did see that. Yeah. You, you pretty much nailed it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, next question. Go for it. All right. Next question from leader of Farva. What are your thoughts on the grinding aspect of Forsaken? And what do we want to grind for the most? Um, Aspects of grinding. Well, you know, I'm all about the grind. I will say the only issue I've kind of come up with as far as the grinding process is they're still restricting me. I still can't go out there and, like, yes, you can get better rolls, I guess. But, like, the chance of a legendary dropping 
is significantly lower than, you know, that D1 standard that we had. And in D2, it was like, you get legendaries every two seconds in the game. They were all the same, which was, was the issue. But now, not only are exotics hard to get, um, where you're seeing maybe one new one in the first, you know, week that we've been playing, each each person anyway, um, but I'm still being limited on how many just legendaries in general I can get. Like, I want to farm and get a, a god roll, you know, hand cannon, or I want to get the right armor set, but I mean, and that's going to take time, and I, I'm all about that, but Keep me, keep me motivated. Keep throwing me out, even if it's trash. Give me a legendary engram. Let me, let me work and let me keep working at it. That's kind of where I'm kind of upset with. But I mean, there's a lot of content. There's a lot to do. So I'm not like it's not like I'm bored. I just I'm hungry. That's what I am. I'm hungry and I'm ready to eat. But um, <laughs> and what do I want the most? Well, I have to say I just did a gambit match before and I finally got boots at 522, which is what I've been needing. But it was also the gambit boots. So. Right now, I guess the next thing I know is that cloak that Shaxx won't give me. So th- those were the two things I've been grinding for. Mm, yeah, so uh, my thoughts on the grinding aspect is very similar to Paul's. Um, very low similar, maybe some things off, but I uh, I really enjoy it. There's uh, a lot more things that you have to be aware of. So there's a lot of intentionality, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in everything I do now. It's not just I'm going out to Nessus just to go. Well, now that we have to use planetary materials to grind for things, I'm intentionally going to planets, not only doing objectives for bounties, but also collecting materials, not just, you know, turning things into a an NPC for, you know, legendary engrams I'm going to eventually just delete immediately. Um, uh, you know, legendaries and, and exotics uh, are, have a little bit more meaning or they're, they're more precious because they're rare. Um, I think they're in a good place. Um, I was just—I said it earlier that I'm—I haven't seen one exotic yet that's new. Besides, only okay. So one exotic that I've seen that's new this doesn't really count, but I got it from Tess. It was a shank shell, which looks freaking dope, by the way. Uh, yeah, here's a quick plug. Once you go check out Facebook.com/slash Orbs for Days or check me out on Twitter, Windsor one one ninety three. Anyway, uh, this shank shank shell shank shell is pretty dope. But I, I, honestly, other than that, I didn't get any armor or weapons that were exotic. And when I finally get one, I know I'm going to freak out. Um, speaking of exotics, and what I'm looking forward to the most is actually the Malfeasance hand cannon that you can get from playing Gambit. Um, I'm super stoked about it. Uh, that's what I want. You know, I've always enjoyed the dark weapons, so I'm looking forward to that. Adam, anything? Um, yeah, so for me, the weapons I'm looking forward to as well, uh, the Malfeasance looks cool. Uh, I definitely want that, but the I want the trust that's a little more reachable right now. Like in the short term, I want the trust hand cannon from Gambit just because it's a 180 rate of fire, and that's my favorite for hand cannons. Um, I also really want the hand or the pulse rifle from Iron Banner, but obviously Iron Banner is not out yet, uh, which kind of brings to the point of the only downside I believe seen so far is that a lot of the new archetypes. Um, are not my personal cup of tea. I know that, you know, it's just me, but I really like the fast rate of fire, hand cannons and pulse rifles. And from what I've seen, you know, in the collections, and there are some unknown weapons, so I don't know, maybe there are more that it's, you know, we need to discover in a different manner. Um, The only pulse rifle that is a uh, fast rate of fire pulse, the 540 is the one from Iron Banner. Um, And then the only hand cannon that's a high rate of fire is the trust from Gambit. Um, 
and that does exclude I think because I think there is the that Luna one or whatever that you get uh, in that special quest after you do like the Gambit stuff. I think that's also a 180, which I really want as well. But that's a little bit in the future, just because that's you know you, you got to do a lot of stuff to get that. Whereas the the trusts can be short term. But like Paul was saying, it's just annoying that you know how many times we do Gambit or or anything. It's like I just keep getting blues. Like I, I it is rare that I get. Uh, a legendary from those unless you have a bounty that gives you legendary gear but again you can only get a couple of those um, per week I think for the legendary gear I think the ones for the daily just give you um, infamy rank or whatever uh, Adam you're so toxic dude just toxic <laughs> okay but again that's just my play style I, I, in general I love the way the new weapons look and feel and I found Unfortunately, I as much as I hate SMGs, the SMGs are ridiculously good right now, and so I love my. I. Uh, what I is know. it? I'm using one right now. The the um, trackless waste. That one is yeah. a lot of fun. Now I don't use it in PvP. I use it in PvP a lot though, <clears throat> because it's just better than an auto rifle. It's ridiculous that a submachine gun is better than an auto rifle. Yeah, well, I mean, thing, it's just like hunters are better than warlocks. You just have to accept it. <laughs> uh, we're not going to start that. Hey, game. man, the, I love the warlock uh, uh, subclasses. Although I need those stupid boots for my... Yeah. So uh, I'm grinding the uh, PvP stuff, but I mean, my advice <laughs> to anybody is just to grind what you like. I'm yeah, just doing that like to... It. Because I know those steps are going to be hard for both competitive and for what I'm working on right now with the broadsword. So I just want to be able to say that I did it. Yeah. Touche. All right, last question. Go ahead. All right, last question is from Rival. And he wants to know why Tolan is so much better than Osiris. And how do we explain that to Bungie? Um, well, I, dude, so I, I got so. this one, dude. I got this one. Uh, have you ever had that one classmate that's like, I always get an A, and this is how I did it. That's Osiris. Tolan's like that kid in the bag of class suit spitballs at that kid. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> and Tolan embraced the darkness, which Zavala didn't like. You know what? I'm actually intrigued though, because honestly, Osiris is very intriguing through freaking uh, through Brother Vance because he was just so mysterious, and we even like Brother Vance because he was just so vaguely weird. But Osiris was a huge. Well, letdown. you find and out they're like, just barely... posers, man. Exactly, but then like, here's the thing. I mean, I, with Tolan, he just—I se- don't know—he seems legit. We seem to hear we hear we seem to hear from him. And he seems to be way more legit than Osiris. Legit isn't like he seems like he's he's about what he says, and you know we're gonna see some action. And I think like the the you know his his uh, his name lives up lives up lives up to the legend. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm I'm excited. We actually heard him talk to us, you know, in multiple occasions, even like in Destiny One and in Destiny Two. And it's even apparent that he actually has his own throne world too. I don't know how good it is, but he isn't in, in the ascend, ascendant realm, and we know this because in D one. Um, he actually was so fascinated with the hive, especially with that one witch, uh, ear Ute or something. I don't know. It was a witch that can, that can, that knows the death. Yeah. Song. Ear Ute. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. So he was so fascinated with her <sighs> and with her song. He, he, she basically sung him to sleep and he, he died. But 
he still lives in the ascended realm, so he's still alive. You know what I mean? So Adirasi is a grimoire where I believe Poland and the Queen, because the Queen has her own ascendant realm too, and it actually is in the Dreaming City. For those of you that don't know that, yeah, well, that's um, actually. I mean, I think it'd be a good topic for the next podcast. Is how on yeah. earth do like? I mean, the only time we've heard of Throne World before is like the Ascendant Hive. So how is it that an Awoken Queen and a you know a, a war? I think Tolan's a warlock. Um, He's a warlock. A warlock guardian. How are those two have their own ascendant realm, and why is it that those are the only two of that type? Like, how, how come she's the only awoken, and Tolan is the only guardian, like that have those? I need for that for not to be answered, buddy. We need to invite like a lore master because I will. That will be a very short discussion. That's all tinfoil hat talk. Well, let's put on our tinfoil hats next time and do some research before we get in the podcast. Well, hey, you know, uh, uh, I'm gonna get that book eventually. It's supposed to have like all that like grimoire stuff that I bought off of the bungee store, so I might have some answers in there. I'm just gonna cheat off of YouTube and act like I'm smart, <laughs> but yeah, you should do that. Because that's that was interesting to me because I watched that video you were talking about today where that mentioned that, and I guess that makes sense why she's yeah. still alive. But it's one of those how on earth, and then at the same time, if that is the case, why did they never come back? Like, are they stuck in their world, or like how do they? Why are they not back? Well, you remember Oryx had to be. Uh... Because Oryx was killed by one of his sisters, and then he had to like grow strong in the ascendant realm to make himself come back. I can't remember, but Paul sent a good video stream of one of those, and I watched him and it actually explained that uh, Oryx had to like become stronger in the ascendant realm and summon himself back or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, I'm down to talk about that Maybe next. Told him I mean, to come back eventually. Ay, ay, ay. Well, look, that's, we're going to wrap it up here, folks. We're not, we're not going to try to keep a podcast on for too long. Uh, try to keep it like at least like an hour, but, you know, et cetera. Well, thanks again to my co-hosts, you know, Navy Man, Superfly Manai, um, and uh, Grimbones. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So the point of this podcast, what makes this interesting is that the fact that we may disagree sometimes. Like the, the, the conversation we just had about the boat, you know what I mean? I still, I'm going to stick with what I think. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I mean, like, I do I do understand where he was coming from, you know what I mean? And I can, you know, change my mind on some things or maybe have a better understanding of what he's thinking. But the point is, you know, it's diverse. So, I mean, I hope you guys continue to tune into the podcast and enjoy it. And until then, we will see you guys in orbit. Bye-bye. See you. Peace.